Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. This week, the episode number is 422, and it's for the week of the 29th of January, 2015. Who can believe that the first month of 2015 is almost over, eh? It just goes so fast. But uh, look, there's still a lot of cricket to come. We've got the Auckland Nines on, on the weekend. Oh, it's heaven. It's sport heaven. All right, let's get straight in. Let's meet who we've got here tonight. We've got Will, as usual. Hey, Will, how you doing? And Will probably can't hear me. Can anyone else hear me? Uh, you didn't you just, cut out of it. About twenty seconds there, that nothing happened at all. All right, can you hear me now? Just. All right, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's <laughs> uh, it's typical typical tech trouble Thursday. Yes. All right. Well, hopefully the uh, everything stays okay for now. Let me just close a window here. Maybe that's the problem. We'll try that. All right. And uh, over on the other in the in the reclining chair, by the look of it, Shane, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're cutting in and out, but for the most part, I can. Great. <laughs> All right, I'm just go- I'm just going along here trying to close some programs, but um, I'm not sure why I'd be cutting in and out. But anyway, uh, you guys aren't cutting in and out here, so everything's going good. All right. Uh, so what's been going on, Shane? We haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Uh, no, I had the late shift last week because I was covering for someone at work. And um, before that, I had camera problems. And earlier tonight, I had camera problems, but I think I've resolved them. Good. Good. So you use a different port or something over here? Uh, tried that, but no, I ended up using a different camera. So um, I don't know whether to go back to hardly normal with this one saying it's broken mm-hmm. or, or what. Because for the most part, it actually works. It seems to be Skype that it doesn't like. Yeah, I think Skype can be a bit uh, bit finicky sometimes if it wants to be. But um, but anyway, that's that's what happens. All yeah. right. Yes. Now, we've got, a, uh, we've got heaps to get through tonight, and we want to introduce you to our special guest tonight uh, on, the, on the show, and his name's Frank. Hey, Frank. How you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Um, so, we've got Frank on here tonight because he's got this great new service he wants to tell us about, and he's, um, he's pushing, it, uh, pushing it around the place, and uh, I think you, you'll find that it's uh, very intriguing indeed. It's right up the, the out tech brain alleys uh what can you tell us about it introduce it for us frankie and just to say um yeah what is what's it all about yeah sure um i I guess over the last you know 10 or 15 years i've really been into tech and you know i'm sure just like all the listeners to this show uh we love our gadgets we love you know our code we love our computer games whatever it is tech we we love and over the last couple of years i've uh, had the good fortune to be able to uh, spend some time uh, learning a little bit more about it and learning to code myself and everything and basically what I've put together over the last year or so is a, is a business, essentially, that uh, teaches kids to code because we, we found that there's a, a really good opportunity for, for kids to start to get into the world of tech mm. and rather than just consuming uh, digital 
assets is just actually create it themselves. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good idea because we know that kids just consume, don't they? They're just My kids are probably on the iPads now. That's probably why I've got no bandwidth, actually. I probably, yeah. should, probably should go and find out what's going on out there. But, uh, yeah, but they're all consuming. And, uh, yeah, so teaching them the code is probably a good idea. What sort of ages are you? is this aimed at? Yeah, we, we've got a, a curriculum, like a whole syllabus drawn up. It's not just uh, something that we just sort of love and then teach. It's, it's actually a, a proper set of lessons. And we aim pretty much from year one through to year seven or eight. Uh, we specialize in that, in that primary school age where we introduce them to, to coding uh, problem sets, like little things like using Scratch and Code.org if, if anyone's familiar with it. And it's about learning how to use algorithms and how to use processes mm. through to where then in year five and six where they actually will get their hands a little bit dirty and start dabbling in, in some actual code. Yeah, right. So, uh, so this has been, this is launched, this is, it's up and running? Yeah, it's uh, very, very new. It launched about 10 days ago. Right. Um, so we're just, yeah, that's why I'm here now. I'm trying to let, let everybody know that there's this new business out there, a new service. And, and what we're trying to do is, is get the word out to, mm. to see if we can find some people that want to be involved and, yeah. and help this business grow. Yeah, so, so you've got the business. You've, you've launched it in Sydney. And there's, uh, what, so you want to try and get it spread all around Australia. So there, there's opportunities everywhere. Absolutely, yeah. We, we, we want to be really big, really fast. I guess I'm really passionate about it. Like I'd love to, to have some kids, you know, churn out some apps and, and, and someone said, you know, how did you learn that at the age of nine? Mm. And for them to say, oh, you know, through my business, that would, that would be you know, a, yeah. a great rewarding <laughs> feeling. So we're yes. trying to you know, spread this out to anyone and everyone that, that has an interest. Uh, we're trying to speak to, to the general public, to parents, to principals, to, to anyone and anyone, anyone and everyone that'll listen. Now you've um, uh, in the in the outline on your webpage. We better tell everyone what the what the thing's called. It's uh, Scope IT Education, and you can find it at scopeiteducation.com.au. Nice and easy to find. Nice little clean little webpage. Uh, good on you. That's very uh, attractive. And so what? So when I was reading through the site, and when a when a little kitty say he does make an app, or he gets to the end of the syllabus or something because you do say that they can put their apps up onto the iTunes store or Google Play store or whatever. Yep. Uh, how does that sort of work? Because you, you need to have a, a, uh, an account, don't you? A, a de- yeah. developer account. So how does that sort of work for the kids? Yeah, what we actually do, we actually have a master de- developer account. And if the kids at school and spends, you know, all, all our courses are 10-week courses, which fits in with the school term. Um, at the end of the 10 weeks, if they finish the project, uh, we will upload it on our master account for them and to make sure that it's available for mum and dad and auntie, uncle and all right. their friends to sort of download and check out. So um, right. I think that would be pretty exciting for a kid to actually be able to come home and say, mum and dad, look look what I made. It's it's actually on the app store. That's that's going to yes. be a, a real buzz for them, I think. Yes, for sure. Now, just looking further into your site here from the courses that you have, there's Creative Coding, Bits and bytes and digital living. So yeah, like you're, you're covering a lot of stuff there. So that's uh, that's that's pretty good work. The bits and the bytes. That one looks interesting, doesn't it? The little kitty with the the little circuit board, and he's oh look out, he's got the pliers. <laughs> he hasn't got a yeah. hammer. <laughs> he's got the pliers. It's all introductory stuff. The, yeah. the bits and bytes focuses on uh, the Arduino, the little Moco processor, where we teach them how to use you know flashing LEDs and buzzers and sensors. And mm. the courses move on to you know little basic robotics where they're building robots that can walk around the table and not fall off and yes. little things like that. So, that's, yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's actually one of the catalysts for me putting this business together is I did an Arduino course and I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. And I did that on, a, on a, just on an online. Yeah, and so okay. I thought, oh, well, I might be able to replicate this and do this in, in the real world. Mm. Now, this isn't your first, uh, first step into the, the business world. You've done some things before so, and you've got some experience and now you're, you're, you're pushing ahead with this. Uh, what, what sort of things have you done before? 
Yeah, I was uh, I was the franchisor, the owner and founder of a, a business uh, some time ago in a very very different space. It was in uh, in poker, in pubs and clubs. Um, it was non gambling. I, I will make that clear. Right. But um, non gambling. It, it, it was not. It was a free free service. Um, it was an entertainment right. version of poker. Matchsticks. Um, uh, sort of. Yeah. Well, just for play chips. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of a very similar model where we we franchised it out and same thing. We wanted the business to be really really big really quick. Um, and so I'm sort of coming off the back of that experience. I'm doing it again, and we're looking for franchisees. That's what you know. We're, we're really looking for is for people that want to mm. come into the business, um, that like it, that have an interest in IT. Um, they don't necessarily need to know how to code. They don't necessarily need to know how to build robots. We sort of do a lot of the training um, and we're looking for teachers and, and business investors to sort of come together and if they like what we what we do, to go out into the world and, and show the kids that those products. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of coming off the back of, of a skill set that is, it was different, a different business, but the same sort of business model. Yep. So now moving, say, more into the business side of the, the project that you've got going. Uh, so you, you've split Australia up. This is how it's going to work. You split Australia up into different geographical scope IT education areas, I suppose. Now, yep. what each area, how do how does that sort of work? Is it uh, a minimum number of children or schools or um, how does how does how is each area defined more or less um, basically yeah that's it's a question we get you know, straight away pretty much because you, when you buy a franchise you're buying an asset and you want to make sure that, that asset has some some real value mm. and so long term we, we make sure that every area that you buy is exclusive you, you can't have somebody else that's going to come into your area and try and you know, eat your lunch so to speak yep. um, so those areas we, we've drafted them in local council areas um, so you, you, might, you might buy you know, Sydney CBD or, or, or Western Melbourne or you, you buy areas um, we, we have a, a draft uh, system um, but because they're only drafted in councils, some councils may have fewer schools than others. So we, right. we, they're a bit malleable. We, we can work with someone. If someone finds that there's only 10 schools in an area, mm. we'll just double that and it'll be two councils. We, we sort of work with each prospective uh, incoming team member and, and right. make sure that they've got an area that works for them. Yeah. And uh, all right. So that sounds good. Uh, so Will and Shane, did you have any questions for Frank on, the, on the, this topic? I have heaps of questions for Frank, actually. All right. Well, now's the time to ask. <laughs> couldn't, have, couldn't have been better timing. Um, is it only school? Is it only kids at school that can um, can participate, or is it just school age kids, or is it kids of any age? Now, well, our lessons are targeted at that you know year one to year seven, year eight bracket. But the lessons could be applied to anyone and the, the lessons that we've got drafted, they're actually right in line with the Australian uh, Board of Studies uh, curriculum and outcomes. So they're very structured. They're, I started to put the lessons together and then I spoke to a principal and he was like, this is good but it, it doesn't follow the school system. So we've since got them partners and I've got a, a doctorate in education who has remodeled the, the lessons to actually be exactly in line with how schools teach. Um, but in saying that back to your, your sort of question is this can be applied to anyone and we do do lessons outside of school. Um, we do weekend workshops, we do school holiday workshops, we do late night classes um, and it's, we definitely can do classes for beginners and adults but at the, the, the course will only take you so far at this point in time that the business is so new we don't have advanced courses. Mm. So if someone does already know a little bit of code, it probably our lessons will be too, too um too easy for them but we're, we're definitely going to develop the courses to get into adult education because we, we basically want to teach tech to everyone mm. we're just starting with kids first yeah okay yep. now the reason why I ask is because I've got a 16 year old who's um, 
showing an interest in coding. Uh, he's not at school anymore. He um he finished up year. Uh, he just started year eleven and then got a full time job. Um, but he's coming from the perspective of he's just come to me a couple of times and he hasn't really obviously he doesn't know languages and and what languages are out there. But he's come to me more with ideas of what he wants to code about, like he wants to do um, Minecraft modules or he wants to do modules for video games, that sort of thing. Yep. Is is he sort of a, an ideal candidate? Is there a certain level of schooling that you're hoping that he have kind of like a, a foundation of knowledge, like mathematical knowledge or, or computer knowledge of some sort? Um, you, you don't really need any background to, to really do it, um, but the the area that he's pushing in he could do our, you know, beginning lessons, but he would probably very quickly outgrow it. At the age of 16 and with someone with a bit of drive in coding, at this point in time, there's probably better avenues for him to take than, than our courses. I, you know, I, would, I would recommend anyway. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, look, the, the best thing I, I, I could see, it's on, the, on your website here. Uh, look, you don't even have to know how to tech if you want to jump into this opportunity. You just, you'll teach us. You'll, you'll do yeah, the, absolutely. <laughs> we, we've got some, some of our uh, first franchisees actually know nothing about tech at all, um, but they, they do have an interest and know that you know, tech is a, is, is a growing industry mm. and especially teaching kids tech, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. So some of our early uh, franchisees have actually bought, the, bought into the, the business and they're just employing teachers and those right. teachers are teaching the tech and they're simply just a passive investor. Yeah, right. um, but we say you know, we, we'd like to have people that come in that, that, that do show an interest. You don't have to. Um, but our ultimate targets are people who like tech and you know, probably wouldn't mind teaching kids or maybe partnering with uh, a wife or a husband that does teach and come in as a duo. Um, there's a lot of options. Mm. Um, so you've yeah, got, you don't have to know tech. So you've got to, uh, you've got to, this actually works within the school day, doesn't it? So, Predominantly, that our, yes. our 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 target market is to work in school hours in the school classrooms. Yes, um, but there, there is a second uh, component, which is the out of school hours. Um, but we're really aiming for the schools. We want to get in and be the primary uh, IT teacher within the school system because right now schools, most schools, not all, uh, are really uh, under resourced in trying to teach tech. Either they don't have the teachers to teach it because. In general, the teachers are an aging population and yeah. it's very hard for them to teach something they didn't grow up with. Uh, or secondly, they might have the staff, but they might not have the equipment. And what we do is we bring all the equipment to the schools. We bring 16 Mac laptops. We bring the Arduinos. We bring the robotics. We, we bring everything. So the schools right. don't need to have any resource bar electrical power. As long as they give us an empty socket and some, and some space, we can, we can teach can the do kids it. what they yes. need to know. Yeah, right. Well, you probably uh, answered my next question there <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I was just going to say, like, do you see, like, because uh, tech isn't going away, as you said, that, uh, that you know, eventually the, the, the education department will bring these sort of curriculum into, into the schools themselves uh, and, like, you know, and so you won't be, say, needed as such. But I think, as you said, and um, this is where I think you answered my question, uh, is that the, the teachers are older and they're not from that yeah. sort of background so there'll probably be always be a space for the for the for the tech heads to get in there and, and teach some kiddies yeah yeah good stuff good stuff absolutely in saying that um the people do worry they go what if the schools do make this mandatory and it is part of the curriculum well funnily enough the government just did a review just in november and we're pushing for it to become mandatory and it, it takes people by surprise saying but isn't that against what you would want and we say no because if it's mandatory, that means every school has, has to be to teaching it. this stuff and most schools can't do it. 
So mm. right now, a school can choose us, but also can choose not to have us. Where in the future, if it has to be done, they mm. have to get it done by someone. And most schools don't have the resources, so yeah, right. Uh, we'll, we'll be their solution. Excellent, excellent. Uh, all right, um, Will. Did you have any questions for Frank? Uh, no, they've pretty much all been uh, done and answered. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've interrogating quite well. <laughs> um, I enjoy talking about it. That's fine. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, did you have it? Is there anything else that you should let us know about Frank about what's happening there? Oh, well, all I really say is if you if it, if it's intrigued anyone that's listening at all and you just want to know more information, yeah, just just shoot us an an email from the website. Uh, like you said, it's scopeiteducation.com.au. Um, I'm more than happy to. To, to give people some more information. Good stuff. All right. Now, Frank's going to stay with us for the rest of the show and uh, throw his two bob around of the stories like everyone else does here. And uh, so good on you, Frank. And he's also agreed to – he's going to sponsor us for uh, for the next couple of weeks at least. So uh, so hopefully, um, yeah, we'll, we'll hear him again, hear from him again soon. On the, cool. On looks like show. the beers are on you this weekend at the pub, Glenn. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into some stories. And uh, look, people have said – I don't know who, who who said it was a slow news week. <laughs> I've got heaps of I don't it. know. I've got heaps of stories. I've got, I've got heaps of Apple stories. I don't know about you. What are you I got, Bill? Yeah, of course you do. There's a surprise. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. I've got a heap of Android and Google stories. So. <laughs> what have you got, Shane? Uh, I've got a bit of bit of everything, actually. I've got an Apple story. I've got a uh, Samsung story and a just a regular IPTV story. All right. Oh, talking about IP. Oh, you do your IPTV story because I can... I've got a few things to say about that. Yep. Surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just a quick one. Uh, As of today, which was a couple of days ago, 10 catch-up service 10 Play is now available on the Apple TV. 10 Play has already had more than a million app downloads on mobile platforms with uh, streaming on mobile and tablets accounting for half of all streams. And the release follows uh, Cricket Australia's addition to the Apple TV offering news and highlight videos on your big screen TV. Uh, if you've got an Apple TV, you should see the template immediately, but you might need to do a software update. Yeah, I saw uh, on the Apple TV, I saw they've got the Cricket, Cricket Australia app as well. Uh, it's got some good stuff on there, actually. So I've had a bit yeah. of a, bit of a uh, spin on that. Uh, yeah, template, I'll be interested in seeing that because I'll tell you something, they, they really need something that works because I usually do watch the template off my phone and, and send it to the Apple TV, and it's pus. Like <laughs> straight up, it's no good. <laughs> it, it um it stalls. Uh, you've got if if you have the phone if the phone say like goes to sleep or the screen goes off while you're watching a show as it would because it times out. So the screen goes off. Ads come on. It just pauses. The 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 screen has to be on to get past the ads. It's it's just it was a mess and it probably still is a mess. But hopefully on the Apple TV they've sorted that out. So at least you can you know watch your Family Feud with no interruptions. That'd be great. Can't wait. Uh, and also yeah, my other IP. TV comment was Stan. I loaded up Stan. It's launched. Uh, free 30-day trial. So get in there and have a look at that. Uh, first thing was, what did I think about it? Probably, I'm not a big TV watcher, but there wasn't too many shows I was interested in. A lot of the shows that I was interested in only had like one episode <laughs> in the folder. I don't know what's going on there. Downloaded a movie and uh, very, very faint. I couldn't hear it. Turned the telly up. Don't know what was going on with the sound. So whether or not it's, I don't know, what would that be? Will, would they be streaming it out for surround sound? And I only no, had you wouldn't think they'd change speakers. it. Maybe a codec problem. Yeah, so maybe it was just that movie. I haven't been back. But anyway, so Stan's launched, Presto's launched, and I think Netflix is coming soon. All right. Uh, what, what's your take on that, Frank? You got uh, you signed up to any of these things? Uh, I, I, I'm not, but I. Uh, it, it's really interesting to see, especially the 10 play come on, just how mainstream 
uh, streaming is becoming. Like it's, mm. it's no longer a little segment for, for people who love tech. Um, it's really just becoming mainstream. If, if Ten's on board, that's a, a real sort of confirmation that this is not something that's in the back orders anymore. So it's, yeah, interesting yeah. to see yeah, that it's developing on, so fast and that they're all coming together in, in the one month. can't figure out how to put multiple programs on multiple channels. Yeah, they do that. What do you mean? <laughs> so often they've got, um, it's not as bad as it was now, but half the time you flick through the channels and they've got the same show showing on three of their channels. On Channel 10 or just... Or the, just channels in general. Yeah, I don't know what the go is with that. Like, say, with 7 and then uh, there's 7 and then 70. I don't know why they're the same. 7 two's different and 7 mate. But but anyway. Yeah. But uh, look, yeah, that's that's what they do. That's just how they go. That's how they roll. It's, uh, hopefully, we'll get the cricket and NRL in high def soon, eh? Rather than well, while we're watching the NRL yeah, and cricket in high def, that in, would require all the TV stations to buy new cameras, and that's never going to happen. No, but they've already, they already have high def cameras. The cricket does because you know when you when they uh, in daylight saving or whatever, and when it's in Perth, they say, "All right, everyone, all these states are going to news. If you want to keep yeah. watching the cricket, turn to Gem." And oh, bang, high def, yeah. high, high def beauty. Oh, they do for stuff like that, but a lot of them sports don't like V8 supercars and, and stuff like that. They're still using the old gear. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would some of it come down to the broadcast? Towers just aren't capable to broadcast high well, definition areas? See, a lot of the places have fixed um, fixed satellites, like a lot of the, the arenas and stuff have the satellite dishes that are fixed and you know, massive bandwidth. But a lot of them, when they go to... Um, the mobile events have just the vans and the vans are transmitting. So they may not have the bandwidth. Um, yeah. They may not, but then again, they may not want to pay for the satellite time. It, it may cost a lot more to use a satellite in HD because of the bandwidth they're using. So unless it's absolutely necessary, a lot of the time they may not actually even broadcast in, well, you know, they might not rent the satellite mm. for that sort of, that sort of bandwidth. Yeah. So, yeah, I heard a story that uh, I think AFL might have been moving to high def next year, and I heard a story that NRL might be doing the same. But I just thought it was all because of, like, Channel 9's their flagship moniker, so to speak. Like, 9, that's where mm. they are. And like, and certain people, I don't know, you know, the, the uh, not-so-fortunate up here uh, people might not know where they are if they moved off Channel 9. <laughs> they might be. Well, it was channels, everyone's Channel 10 come around. That was still on Channel O for years. Yeah, but... <laughs> That was in Queensland. Everyone, yeah. everyone knew it was Channel Zero up here. Yeah, everyone else did. In, in Queensland, Channel O and Channel Ten. It moved to Channel Ten, and they kept it on Channel O because they didn't want to lose any viewers. Well, what about I don't know. In the old days, I don't know if anyone remembers. In the old days, remember like Channel ABC used to be on Channel Five, and then all of a sudden, it'd yeah, be and on then it eventually went to two. And SBS was eleven. No, no. With when it was on Channel Five, it used to go and it switched at five A. And then mm. a couple of years later, go back to five, and then five A. It was just it was all over the place. I don't know. But those days are gone, thank goodness. All back right. in the old days where you had the manual VHF tuner, you had to sit there and dial in your frequency. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another topic for your old fart geeks, Will. Oh yeah, actually it is. Yeah, right, right that about one. Android, Android uh, analog technology. Yeah, write that one down. All right. Well, while you while you're on the screen there, give us one of well, your. Well, while stories. we're talking about um, talking about uh, you know streaming and things like that, Ooh. the uh, Android Chromecast. Um, Presto has just been released onto the, um, of course, Presto is Foxtel owned. Uh, it's announced that they're now streaming directly onto the um, Chromecast. So right. you, can, you can get all the apps and TV series and movies and everything like that. If you subscribe to Presto, it's, it's now, um, it's compatible, obviously, with all the Android stuff and um, 
you can stream directly from your Chromecast, you can do it from your tablet to your Chromecast, from your computer to your Chromecast, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, but now that it's straight on the Chromecast, it's pretty neat. It means you don't actually, you know, you can use the HDMI remote through the TV to control it. So if you don't even have your phone on you, or the, you don't even need to use that. So, um, so you can watch it directly on the unit, which frees up your phone or your computer, so you're not using resources just mm. to stream to that now. So that's pretty neat. Now, that's, that's different to the Apple TV, isn't it? Yeah, this is Presto. This is like you were talking about before. This is Stan. Well, this is uh, Foxtel's version of that. Yeah, but I'm, I meant like the Chromecast differs from the Apple TV in the way that once you set the Chromecast going, it's getting the content by itself. Yeah, and it depends on how you, like you can do a screen share from your PC, so it will, right. or from your phone, so it will actually whatever is on your phone or on your computer, it will display. But you can also change it up so that if you don't want to do that, you can actually um, set it so that it will stream like a YouTube video, for example. You can set it to start playing initially on your device, but then it will follow the link itself and it will cache and buffer and Mm. load straight off the device. Um, And that's the thing with the Presto app. Now that it's an actual app on the phone, it will on the um, Chromecast, it will actually... Probably still the same. It'll probably start the initial load on your phone, but once you uh, set it rolling, it will flick across onto the Chromecast and it will continue to load from the Chromecast. So, yeah, it, it depends on which particular part of the Chromecast you're using and how you're using it depends on where it pulls the data from. Yeah, right. Uh, so I have a little tip for, for you guys here if you want. Yes. If you happen to own a Chromecast, mm. if you send in your serial number to Presto, they'll give you two months free trial. All right. I've got two Chromecasts, yes. I just tried that today. If you, yeah, right. If you just send in, they'll give you a free coupon to, to give you two months free Presto. Oh, there's the tip oh, okay. of the week. Oh, cool. i got two. I got two Chromecasts. Yeah, I thought I, I, have I one right here. I thought I was going to have to go to KFC. Everyone's free Presto for the next few months. <laughs> I thought yeah, I was, suddenly, suddenly a thousand people do that and go, hmm, we might stop doing that. Yeah, now. they might withdraw the offer. Yeah, I thought I was going to have to go to KFC and buy one of those chicken dogs. <laughs> <laughs> a chicken dog? Oh, the, yeah, they're a hot dog with chicken. They're like that the chicken, other chicken burger thing. Uh, isn't it? Oh, I haven't seen one. I've seen one in a picture, but it looks like so it's two pieces of chicken as the bun. Yeah, with a hot dog. And a hot dog, and a hot dog ah, in yeah. the middle. It's a chicken dog. That, you know, that's, that's healthy. <laughs> yeah, it looks it, doesn't it? Yeah, tell you what, it'd be nice, but you'd only ever want one, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> yeah, be. Remember they had at Hungry Jack's, they had that uh, the heart attack or something? There's some big, massive burger. It had about eight beef patties on it or something. Oh, the quadruple whopper or whatever it something was. Yeah. Like that, yeah. You can still order it. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 you can order it. You can order a 25 whopper if you want. You just tell them how many patties you want on it and they make them. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Apparently, in Apparently, this... not that I've ever... No, that's, I've just heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure will. <laughs> now, uh, look, I've got a couple of Apple stories myself here. But uh, so, Frank, what, what you're an Apple boy, are you? Or a, uh, we... I use a bit of both. I, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not hard and fast in any camp. Right. So, so what are you sitting in front of now? Uh, right now, I'm in front of a, a MacBook Air. Oh, yep. Nice. Nice. Have you put Windows 10 on it? No. 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 <laughs> on my MacBook Air? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I don't no, think the MacBook I, Air would run it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it would, wouldn't it? Nah, my, my day-to-day uh, workhorse is, is a PC, yep. but I use my Mac for browsing and chatting and, and, and everything else sort of around, right. um, but my, my workhorse is, is a PC. So before, when you were uh, saying, going back to your Scope IT education, before you were saying that you took the the uh, computers, the, the MacBooks into the school, is there any reason why their MacBooks are not PCs? 
Yeah, simply because we want to be able to teach the kids to be able to develop for both Android and iOS. And if we want to develop for iOS, they have to be able to run Xcode. And so Xcode runs Mac only, so. Yeah, that's that's pretty much right. All right, now look, the big news. Go to the Hackintosh. I don't think that would work too much, would it? (laughs) Apple would probably know you're on one. (laughs) Now, um, okay, big news. Apple. Now that they apparently they've got the biggest, they've made the biggest profit in corporate history. I think they were, you know, going down this road last year, weren't they? They were the most valuable company in the world, at least. Anyway, so Apple sold. How's this? A record-breaking seventy-four point four million iPhones in the uh, for its first quarter, mind you, first quarter ending twenty seventh of December. So powering up a up a eighteen billion dollars in profit. Or, and that equates to a 30% increase in sales uh, to $74.6 billion. It's mad, isn't it? Uh, the only disappointment, apparently, is the iPad. So, um, look, my, my thoughts on why that would be... Look, the poor little iPad has dropped 18% to 21.4 million units compared to 26 million last year, but, you know, still going pretty strong. Look, I reckon... Uh, look, iPads, you know, people probably would have... You've got an iPad if you've got an iPhone, so you could say hand in hand. If you've got an iPhone, you're going to go and get an iPad. You're not going to really go and get a, a Galaxy Tab or whatever. Uh, iPads not generally on plans. I don't think. I don't think they are. Are they? Will they, normally they're just off plan, just yeah, Wi-Fi that's only. Me for I got no idea. Oh yeah, you don't, <laughs> would you? But uh, probably they're not on plan. So like you know, you, you buy your phone, you're on a plan, so you, you get that incremental repayment. You don't have to fork out six hundred, seven hundred at the start. And tablets would generally last longer. I, I would. Imagine in terms of usability and features, like my iPad 2 still kicking around, working yeah, quite fine. Tablets are generally more rugged. You'll go through yeah. three phones to one tablet. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I know our family is like that. My girlfriend's still using the same iPad we've had for probably three years now, where we get a new phone every year. So yeah. I, I mm. think that stories, yeah. That's yeah, well, I've still got the, um, the original Samsung 7-inch um, tab. I've still got that. I mean, I've got the new one now, but we still use that one. It's in the car. It's the GPS and the data logger and everything in the car now. So, you know... They are pretty rugged compared to phones. Yeah. And uh, look, Apple's hit the jackpot in China as well. Apparently, they're the leading uh, I, the leading smartphone uh, retailer over there. Apple has previously lagged behind Samsung and something called the Xiaomi or something in the Chinese market. Now, this anal- market analy- analysis mob called Canalis, there's a lot of hard words in this one tonight. <laughs> noted that the incredible popularity of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus in China's fourth quarter of 2014 enabled Apple to turn the tables and take the top spots. So there they go. They're, they're racing ahead over in China. That's why their iPhone sales are up so much. They're, they've cracked the Chinese. 787,000 phones a day, apparently. What? That's, that's insane. That, 780. Oh. Hang on, let me just double check. I, was just, I, just, I just glanced at it, then I hit the scroll button on the mouse and yeah, I moved it. I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> yeah, you said 72 yeah. million in a quarter, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, 818,000 a day. Wow. 74 wow. million for the quarter. And I was just reading another story and they actually compare it in metric tons. And I'm just trying to find that story now. And I think they said it's something like seven tons a day of iPhones. There we go. In the quarter. It's 37,000 metric tons of iPhones in the quarter, which is 750 battle tanks. Yeah, that's just insane. How would you, how would you make 800,000 a day? Well, if you're keeping up with demand, well, you have to be making 800,000 a day, wouldn't you? Well, you'd be making a million a day because the weekends they won't be making any. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. They have weekends over in Yeah, they're over yeah. in the Chinese New Year, but it lasts like two months and nothing gets made then. 
Oh, I don't know. Pete, they're working pretty hard over there. Not in the Chinese New Year, though, don't you? You ever try all of something out of China during Chinese New Year? Good luck with that. Oh, they're all dressed up as dragons or something, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, Shane, what, what, what do you think about uh, – you're an Android person, aren't you? Uh, I've kind of got one foot in each camp, um, and that's three camps because predominantly I'm Windows um, for work and, and just you know, how, what I've been brought up with. Uh, Phone-wise, I'm Android. Most of the tablets are Android, but our young fella, um, the school he goes to, they're Apple. So we got him an iPad mini for Christmas. Nice. Um, but, yeah, predominantly I'm sort of Android and Windows. Now, you're not, you're not BlackBerry then by any chance. You haven't got four legs in. No, no. Right. I, had a, um, I had a Windows phone for a while. Yeah. Uh, for work um, and had an iPhone for work for a while. And I think I might have got a BlackBerry as my first phone. Um, when I was working at West Track. I My saw- nephew uses all of it. He's got, because um, he does recording studio, so at the recording studio they all use Macs. Um, his recording system at home is a PC. Um, and then they for work they all use the BlackBerry infrastructure. Um, his personal phone's an Android and then for the studio phones are all Apples. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're all iPhones. So he's, he's well, well versed in all of them. So it's really good if I need to know something, I just ring him and go, hey. He's the one who can tell me. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw Telstra's uh, reselling, bringing back the BlackBerry keyboard phone. I don't know why, but uh, it's five hundred bucks to buy or something. Everybody who uses a BlackBerry loves them. I can't see that. I just can't see that at all. But anyway, uh, I'll continue on what, with people loving Blackberries. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'll continue on with my Apple stories because, well, believe it or not, like last week was a bit Microsofty, and this week everything's just turned out to be Apple, doesn't it? So anyway, I'll keep going with Apple. The uh, Apple Australia paid out 80.3 million in income tax last mm. financial year, so it's an increase of 43.9 million. So good on you. Start paying. Now, that's uh, – what have we got that's here? That's still nothing. That's still a day of iPhone sales. Yeah, I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> so 120 – so that increase, their profit in Australia increased 120.6%. It is massive. That's, that's massive. Uh, and for an economy our size, that's not a bad effort. Yes. Yeah, that's not, that's not bad. It says here that the tax hike came courtesy of a major increase in, ta- in pre-tax profit, which hit $251.9 million. So yeah, that, see, part of that, you now they've opened more stores, they've got more staff, so they're actually paying phys- physical you know, property here, whereas before it was all just they were importing the phones and there was no one, you know, they're importing them through stores, but now they've actually got staff in stores and they've mm-hmm. got people here, they've got marketers here, they've got everything here, so they've actually got an infrastructure here now. So they're saying, that this story goes on to say, though, that a big factor in that massive profit just for Australia was the foreign exchange rate, which apparently... They they had an unrealized foreign exchange gain of 106.4 million in 2014, because our dollars fallen. Yeah, the, they didn't know that was going to happen to the toilet. <laughs> it's 75 cents or something today. I saw. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, all right, what else? I have got one more little Microsoft story. But Will, what else have you? Or yeah, what else have you got? And then we'll go back to Shane. All righty. Well, a quick story, as you guys know. I'm a big fan of the Humble Bundle, which is a charity. Uh, it's always charity organised. The guys write the programs for free and all the money. You can basically pay whatever you want. If you pay over a certain amount, um, you get all bonus games and things like that. Um, the premium price basically is the average price that people are donating. So at the moment, it's up to $3.89 US. And if you do that, you get 10, um, 10 games. There's three more have just been added this morning. So you can either pay... I think it's um, if you pay, like, you can pay $0.10 cents if you want and you'll get the, I think you get six of them. 
And if you pay the three out of nine, you get the whole lot. Um, so at the moment, they've got the um, I Pollute, Buddy and Me, uh, Doodle Kingdom, uh, King of Dragon Pass, Lynn, Otto, Sorcery, Sorcery 2, The Tiny Bang Story, and a couple others on there at the moment. So at the moment, their charities are Extra Life um, and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals and the World Land Trust. Right. So don't forget, go and do your bit and spend a couple of bucks and have some fun in the process. Yeah, excellent. Uh, um, when do you jump into that hum- humble bundle? Is that because that's available as as sales increase? Is that right? Is that the one? You, if you pay the premium, so the three dollars eighty nine or whatever it is at the moment, if they if this this is humble, humble bundle ten, so at any point in humble bundle ten, if they add another game to it, you get that game. If mm. you only pay two dollars and get six of the games, well, that's all you're going to get for the whole thing. Um, and then, of course, when that, when Humble Bundle 11 comes out, that might be the premium is the average of the previous um, the previous bundle. So, if it turns out being everybody pays 387 for this one and everybody gets the premium the premium package, well, it'll be the same. But it never happens that way because some people don't add a hundred dollars, some people don't add a dollar. So, mm. whatever their average is of this one, then that'll be the premium for the next one. So, it might be five dollars. It could be two dollars. Right, right. So it's a cheap way because a lot of these games, after the Humble Bundle finishes, they will actually become um, in the store and available for download. And they can be anywhere from $0.99 cents to $10 each. So buying them in the bundle is definitely the, the best way of going about that. Mm. Now, yeah, look- I'm a pretty regular buyer of the Humble Bundle on the, the PC versions of the games. Mm. Uh, usually most times it comes out, I buy it. And you know, like you said, it's, for a couple of dollars, you can really increase your, your games catalog. And even if you're not a gamer... It's a great way to flick some money to charity and encourage these That's companies to, to keep offering. And you can them always you can always give the code to someone else if you don't want to play them. You can quite give, yeah. happily give it to someone else and for a present or whatever, and say here, have some fun for a couple of days. You know. Yeah, I think I I did something. I did a Mac heist one time. I think I can't remember. It was a while ago now. I got some good software out of that, uh, so that was good. Mm. Uh, Shane, hello. How you going? <laughs> what's, good. What's going on? What else have you got? Uh, I'm going to do an Apple story as well. Jump on the bandwagon. Uh, Tim Cook says the Apple Watch will ship in April. Uh, the Apple Watch is the Apple Watch will start shipping in April to consumers, according to Apple CEO Tim Cook. Cook's decision to add some clarity um, to its actual release in time uh, timeline is uncharacteristic for Apple because usually they kind of keep that sort of thing secret. Yeah, I was going to say. Pre- yeah. Yeah, pre-announcing the hardware months in advance um, was already a departure from their standard practice. So even though when they did the launch and they sort of said, mm-hmm. okay, it will actually be available kind of down the track, that's something unusual for them as well. Uh, and the story goes on to sort of finish up by saying that the developers have um, been hanging out for this sort of thing because they just haven't had really a timeline to work with. They didn't know um, whether they should hold off on releases or keep going with their release cycle of their current uh, current sort of software, but now they've actually got a, a shipping date and a, a timeline that they can kind of aim for, so they're, they're happy as well. Mm. So I'm guessing at the same time there's going to be a new round of uh, phones and devices released as well to, to match a new watch. Probably. <laughs> no, well, the highly phones... unusual, they're just going to release one product. No, nah, no, nah, look, the phones, they normally come out, what, September, don't they? And, uh, yeah, yeah so we, we need Eric here, he's the, he's the Apple timeline <laughs> guru. He knows what's going on with those. All right, that's enough Apple stories. Shut up now. Yeah, well, that's look, <laughs> I, just one last thing because I have got I've run out of Apple stories, thank goodness. But if you want more uh, Apple stories, you can go to the Aussie Mac Zone. Uh, it's on iTunes. Go and just 
punch that into your little iPhone or wherever you, you might be listening, your podcatcher somewhere. Listen, listen to it on our radio. Yes, on the uh, yeah. So go to AussieMaxzone.com.au Aussie, uh, for the website, or you can follow us at Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads, and we put up. Uh, well, I'll put up a iOS app of the day, normally which you uh, pay for, but for that day it's free. So grab it that day, otherwise you've got to pay for it. Uh, and Warlock, when he's around, he puts up the little uh, Android app of the day, and also the Aussie Tech. Oh, that's. My dog just came in. And the Aussie, and just brushed past me. I wonder what the hell it was. So the Aussie Tech Radio, uh, dot com. So it's A U S S I E Tech Radio, uh, dot com, where she's got 24 7. It's uh, just a shoutcast radio service. Just who knows what show you're going to hear. We've got all the tech all the time. <laughs> got the boys of tech, two boys talking tech, Geeks for your TV, tech webcast uh, from all shows from Australia and New Zealand. So New Zealand got a couple of good shows. So uh, mm. the Geeks for and the, the boys of tech. So jump on those and have a look at those or listen to those guys because uh, they're pretty good. And uh, yes, all right, let's get back into some stories. I've got a Microsoft story, believe it or not. Uh, Microsoft, there. You know, last week we heard about the HoloLens and all that sort of the, the, all the woo good stuff. Now apparently this is still in the labs, but this is apparently what they're working on—an auto charge lamp uh, to charge your your smartphone. So auto charge works by using cameras to detect the phones on a desk in a room. And uh, oh, what's that say? Sorry. I think just closed. So it uses uh, cameras to detect phones on a desk in a room and moving the lamps beam to shine into it. So it could be used in table lamps. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so it's shining a light into the camera. So your so your room light, right? It doesn't work. It's just a prototype. But this is the story that the room light uh, will focus down into your phone and charge the battery like a solar mm. calculator. Yeah, that's Using up there with the um, that's up there with the sweat powered batteries, I think. Using oh. freaking lasers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, because your, your lasers are not going to use anywhere near as much power as just plugging it into the wall. <laughs> we got research. Uh, it's, it's researched and built by some joint in uh, Beijing. The prototype makes use of an Xbox Connect. Connect to detect the phone or tablet on a surface, and from the images supplied in the research paper, it seems to be rather accurate knowing where the device is. Uh, the only issue apparently presented by auto charge is delivering enough power through the beam to the phone. Uh, Microsoft admits that a ceiling light could be too weak to charge a phone sufficiently enough. It says that auto charge would utilize a straight light beam without with little scattering to ensure most of the light reached the phone. So they're going to use basically a PV solar PV panel. They're going to use a high-intensity UV light to activate that, even if it is a pinpoint. So now you've got a pinpoint UV light, and then you need a Microsoft Connect to run it, and then well, you just hope nobody looks into the beam and burns their retinas out. <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea, Microsoft. Well done. Look, it's a prototype, so... It's, it's not going to go past that. <laughs> but it's good. Like, it's a prototype. So that's where obviously where they think that they want to go. So that'll... Or that'll don't think. That'll come together. You watch it, Will. That'll it's so come. much easier just to put your phone into a case that has a solar panel on the back of it and just leave it on your dashboard. Yeah, yeah, but that would that, the heat from that wouldn't that would affect your phone though, wouldn't it? Nah, it doesn't get hot enough for that. You sure? Everything, in, everything. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, okay. Because the the back of the cases are actually insulated, so they don't get that hot. Right. You don't want to leave if you do leave your phone on the dash. It's okay. Don't ever leave it screen side up though. That'll cause problems. Mm. All right, uh, Shane. What's what's Samsung's doing something. 
Yeah, my last story is Samsung has eliminated printing from the computer with its first Android-driven models to be available in Australia. Instead of basically, these are a um, like a slew of printers from Samsung that use the Android operating system instead of your regular printer operating system, whatever that usually is. Uh, so instead of users going, instead users can go straight to the printer and access their documents from any of their kind of Android-like cloud services like their Google Docs or um, Google Photos, that sort of thing, or you can even get things out of uh, Google Drive, Keynote, uh, Keynote Evernote, uh, OneDrive, um, Dropbox, Facebook. You can print web pages. You can hook up uh, your camera and print straight to, straight from that. Um, the story didn't actually say, but I'm assuming it also did regular printing from a PC as well. Uh, Samsung Electronics Australia said it would be bring bring eight of these multifunction devices printers models to the Australian market. Uh, does it tell me how? Does it tell me when? No, it just says that the new range will be sold through Samsung's authorized partners across Australia, but there's no uh, release date. Well, so yeah, what's sorry. different between that and HP's Print Anywhere technology that they've had for years that you can print from anywhere to any device that you've got access to? Can you pull the document? Can the printer hook up? I suppose Is this saying that the printer yeah. hooks up to the cloud and uh, yeah. pulls the document HP's down? HP's been doing that for years. I've got a five-year-old HP printer behind me that I've been able to do that with. Yeah, right. Yeah, but with that, can you actually log straight into, say, your Dropbox account and print stuff from it? Yeah, from my phone or from my desktop, yeah, or from... Yes. Yeah. What this does is that kind of... that You don't need the, the intermediary thing. You go straight from the printer to your... Oh, yeah, I can do it straight from the printer too because it's got an Android tablet built into it effectively. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I find it... It's old... I mean, it... <laughs> I don't understand why Samsung's actually taken so long to do this. HP's been doing it for years. I mean, um, uh, what are they called? HP back in the day, back with the old LaserJet stuff. So I'm talking like uh, mid-90s. You could actually log in to your printer from anywhere and do it that way, which was an early version of this. But I don't... I'm sorry, Samsung, you missed the boat on that one. Well, that's what they're doing. I'll tell you, my biggest thing is I can't print... From my iPhone or iPad, I hate it. No, oh, that'll too teach hard. You, That's too hard. I know you can. No, and you've got to download <laughs> special apps and, and do the do the chicken dance, but I hate it. I just hate it. Uh, Google makes every Australian an apps reseller. So there you go, you can earn some money. Google has launched the Google Apps Referral Program, giving users fifteen bucks for every referral they make to Google Apps for work. So there you go. Get in and uh, Start a new job at some company and introduce them to Google Apps. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you might be on a winner. Yeah, if only I knew somewhere where I could learn how to program Google Apps. We don't have to. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I might have a, yeah. a thing for you there. <laughs> now, users can refer an unlimited number of customers as long as they sign up for at least 120 days of Google Apps for work. Payments are made directly to the bank. Ching, ching. Google Apps. Yeah. How much does Google Apps cost, though? Yeah, it's $5 per user per month. Uh, it includes 30 gig of Gmail and Google Drive storage, so it doesn't. You can't get the 15 bucks for Google Apps free, of course. But uh, do any of you guys use Google Apps? Oh, not the paid one, the free not one. The paid one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just use the the free service. I'm just wondering, yeah. like, is the paid one, you know, any better? Is it, you know, worthwhile looking at that? Well, it looks like the only real difference is you get. Like, it depends on the five dollar a month one. You get. Uh, um, name at yourcompany.com, mm. email address, voice video calls, which you can get through Hangout, integrated online calendar, 30 gig of online storage, 
online tech. So that's the only difference. Uh, in the Work Plus, which is $10 a month, you get the same stuff as the other one. Um, unlimited storage, advanced admin controls for Drive, Google Vault, and easy search expert. So, yeah, not really. You get more storage and a, and a at yourname.com email address, which you're probably going to have if you I've have a company anyway. Free so. one. I've got I've got the free one and I get the um, my domain name email address. I don't know if you do now though. I think that was an old, like an earlier thing. I don't. That I think was, they oh, made okay. that paid only. Yeah, I can't, I'm not 100% sure. But I, I have it and I don't have that. So, And I only signed up not that long ago. So, But I think the advantage also is not, not only just do you get the your name at yourdomain.com, but you also, like for businesses, so you're starting up a business, you can, you're essentially in control of email. So you can then set up your your uh, employees' email accounts. So you can have yeah. John at such yeah. and such. But I mean, you're going to do that through your hosting company anyway, chances are. If you're already paying for hosting, it's going to be set up on there anyway. Yeah, you've just got more control with the Google Apps. Like- you do, you, because I mean, it's very easy to pick up shit. You know, like if you're using a, a hosting company and you want to change hosting companies, it's a pain in the ass to swap email servers and stuff like that. So yeah. I can see where just having a Google that it basically forwards to you from a Google account, I can see where that would definitely be beneficial, but it's certainly not a game changer, I don't think. Oh, look, I think if you're in a, in a business and you've got, you've got to have some controls over your email, like, you know, your normal uh, pop IMAP that you get from your normal web host, like you are pretty limited, I think, space-wise, might be mm, five that's, gig. That's one problem, Like yeah. across the whole whole lot, you can't have too much. Even if you had uh, 10 gig in hosting space, normally you're still limited uh, to like two or five gig. Uh, normally, yes, you can get unlimited email addresses, but oh, I don't know. I think if you've got a, if you've got an enterprise, I think that's where you you do five bucks a head, a uh, lot of control. You can open. But I mean, them, once you get them. over a certain size, no, no, no. say twenty or thirty employees, chances are you're running your own servers anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that's and that's why. Well, Google, you know, they've been a pretty active in that space. They're taking uh, customers away from Microsoft. And you know they're offering the, their their mm, apps and true. and all this sort of stuff. So they're pretty active. Oh look, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great idea. I just I think you're going to have a hard time convincing people that it's actually a benefit. That's all I'm saying. I I, I think it is. I think it's great. But yeah. I think the average person is going to look at that and go, well, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, but like, if you if you're some sort of consultant, you know, you go here, you start. Pushing. You're some sort of consultant. You are. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So like, what Microsoft probably doesn't give you nothing. For signing up yeah. to three six five, Google's oh, going right. to give you fifteen bucks. So hey, which way are you going to go? Probably down. And I there. guess you only need one referral a month, and you've got three months worth of uh, <laughs> three months worth of hosting, don't you? Well, that's right. That's right. Now, uh, what else you got, Will? Alrighty, so um, time to talk Android. Oh, great. <laughs> um, so you know, every you know, while your everyday Samsung user doesn't have access to the um, Samsung Gear VR headset in Australia yet. Um, Samsung has done a deal with Qantas flying first class from Sydney to Melbourne um, and they'll be able to partake in the array of virtual tours and in-flight blockbusters through the headset. Um, Qantas and Samsung will be running a three-month trial of the Gear VR or as Qantas describes it because they couldn't possibly call it the same name as Samsung, Samsung's virtual reality technology headset. Oh, yes. Because that's much shorter. Um, <laughs> Beginning in the uh, Sydney International First Lounge, mid-February in first-class cabins and selected long-haul flights on the A380s. So um, there's already all the stuff that's already been published for it, but Qantas is actually creating their own content for it as well. Um, they'll have live-action content, so like destination footage, which is current up-to-date 
content of virtual tours of where people are landing and the actual airports they're going to and a walkthrough of how to get to where you're going from there and and all sorts of stuff like that. So that'll be um, that'll be interesting. The Samsung Gear itself is around two hundred and fifty dollars per unit. Uh, a Note four and and up is required to actually run it. Um, it, it will be bought into Australia, but probably not until um, later on, you know, late late in the year. But uh, yeah, so if you if you fly first class Qantas, because that's the only way to fly, um, it's perfect for you. What was it called again? It's just the Samsung Gear VR, which is a virtual reality headset of Samsung's. Right. Okay. Um, that they're using on on the Qantas um, in flight. So wouldn't it yeah. be nice to have a bed on a plane, eh? Like that lady. That'd be nice. There's, I think that's a guy. Oh. Um, it's not that, that, that guy. That's a lady. Oh, is that a, no, that's a guy too. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's sad when you can't tell, eh? <laughs> well, I've got a small screen. I can't see. It's too small. But um, <laughs> that's yeah. what she said. <laughs> that's why you're flying solo. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. Um, so is that and while we're on the on the um, subject of of um, Microsoft, actually, I, I mentioned this story before. Microsoft has basically said Surface, which is their flagship technology, um, has has um, reached. Where are we? Uh, Microsoft's decision. Uh, hey, what? Um, tablets finally come of age early. Microsoft said Surface revenue hit $1.1 billion for the most recent quarter, which is up 25% on the same time last year, driven by the Surface Pro 3 and accessories. Um, so, still, you know, it's all, it's all gangbusters there. No, still However, hampered by the lack of apps. Yeah, yeah. basically. However, having said that, um, Microsoft has confirmed it stopped marketing at Surface 2 manufacturing at Surface 2. So the Surface 2, which has just created more revenue in the last quarter than ever has, is a device they've suddenly just decided to stop selling. Well done, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, well, the <laughs> Surface 3, like, it's, it's like, look, it's great. Windows 10 is great. Everything's great, except there's no apps. You know, like, I've got a little laptop with the Windows 8 on it. Uh, just no apps. I, I, keep, I still have to go back to the iPad. You just cannot get quality apps for, the, for 10. Uh, for 8.1, but anyway. When it comes to Microsoft, I think they're really trying to play a long game now. They are, I think they, we all know they missed the boat with, with the iOS, you know, mm. with the launch of uh, iPhone and iPad. And I, I think maybe they realize that it's, it's might be too late to catch up. So I think they're playing the long game. And, and since I think it's Sachin Nadella, their new CEO, yeah. has come on board, he, all the things they seem to be releasing are a little bit different and it seems to be like a, a real long game project like the HoloLens and the Surface 3. It, it might be that it, it's hard for us sitting back and not really knowing their plans and we look like they're missing the boat. Um, but maybe there is this longer term plan for, you know, five, ten years out where they'll sort of, you know, come back, you know, mm. in, a, in a real strong way because it, it really does seem that they, they've missed the app boat and it might not be worth them trying to, to recover there because they, they just can't do it. They don't have the market. Yeah, well, like, like I reckon you're giving Microsoft way too much credit. <laughs> it's like saying AOL's just released its buddy list and it's going to take off. <laughs> no, look, look I, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I, I reckon, look, Microsoft's not stupid. Like they but, need to focus on one thing: are they going to do a good operating system? Are they going to do a good tablet? Are they going to do a good multi-platform? Are they, or are they just going to do half-assed attempts at everything? But look, realistically, what, what can they, can they really concentrate on an operating system? Operating systems, you've got uh, Mac OS X, 
30 bucks, you know. So no one wants to buy an operating system. So next Windows 10, they're giving it away for free if you've got 8.1. Like business Just customers... Only the suck up to the people they destroyed with 8.1. <laughs> no, not really. They'd still... Oh, look, you had to pay for... You know Pixar, Disney Vista. and Pixar, right? Yeah. They went... They were all Mac. And then Mac refused to support one of the um, one of the programs they're using for doing the software. Um, sorry, the software they're using for doing the um, 3D rendering and stuff. And so they went, okay, we've got $330 million. Let's buy some some Windows PCs. We'll run Windows 8 because they all use, still use um, Firewire, um, you know, a lot of Firewire technology they're still using because it's reliable, it's solid, and they've, they've got it all there anyway. Hmm. So they rolled out $300 million worth of hardware and software with all running Windows only to discover that Windows 8 doesn't actually run any Firewire technology. It's not compatible with it and won't work. And so they went to Microsoft and said, well, hey, can you, you know, write us a driver for Firewire? We've just spent $300 million with you. And Microsoft went, oh, no, we don't support that. Sorry. So oh. a few months back after having all the Microsoft stuff for about three or four months, um, they basically gave it all back, said we don't want it. And they went back to um, Apple, went, hey, well, guess what? We're making Firewire support on our new systems. Um, do you want to go with those? And they went, yep, no worries. Well, I think that's probably, that's, <laughs> if that's right, I don't know if that's right, but that's pretty poor sighted, I think. But, uh, so, but, but the, that's just one example of, of Microsoft's intelligence. That's, that's everywhere. That sort of story is that's, You're down on them, aren't you, Will? You're, hey? da you're down on them. No, I think they just need <laughs> to get back to what they know. And what they, what they started off doing was building for the most part, decent operating systems that, that worked. And then they got into a, a war with everyone, not just an operating system and not just a phone, not just a tablet. They decided they're going to take on every market, which mm. is fine. I mean, they, they own Skype. They now own Minecraft. I mean, what are they doing? What, what, what's their end game? Do they want to just well, be the, the, the Microsoft version of Google? Well, that's what Frank's saying. They've got an end game. I think, and part of their yeah, end game... Yeah, part of, part of their end game is is when you look at Windows 10, they, they, they're saying develop an app once and then it's on a computer, it's on a tablet, it'll work on a phone. And then you only have to do it once. So that's going to save people a lot of time. So maybe that's going to entice more more developers, hopefully. So that's, but that's the thing. Like, why do they... But this is what I'm saying. Like, okay, it's... Why did they release Windows 8? And then... For such, you know, why didn't they go? Okay, this isn't going to work. This isn't what we're what we're trying to achieve. Let's not even release it. Let's completely scrap it and start again. Why did they release this thing that everyone hates and then try and say, well, okay, we know it's no good, but here, try this one. Well, I think also just probably thinking back to when all this was going that's on. That's what they do every second operating yeah, system. No, but I was about to say that. <laughs> but you you had that Steve Ballmer. Now, whether or not he was good for the company or not, you know, that's up for you to decide but you know he was a bit of a, a bit of a wacko <laughs> so maybe you know he made a few he was a few decisions that belonged in the in the past in microsoft's past that he was continued to make these decisions but anyway that's just that's how it works i think 10 going to be it's great look look i've never had a problem with any of it vista didn't have a problem seven no that's problems and, and yeah, well, eight, seven's no been problems. I, I, I use seven still like that's that's my main i can't run 8.1 most of my stuff doesn't work on it like what so um, most of my hardware because it's all Republic of Gamers and they don't develop drivers for Windows 8 because it's so unstable. Right. Um, because they, they they just recommend you don't use Windows 8 because it's so unstable. Yeah, so right. they don't So they don't support it. Well, I probably don't push my machine that hard. I just sit here doing podcasts and all that sort of stuff. I can't push my machine that hard. The highest I've ever seen my CPU go is 50% now. Yeah, well, you've got the Intel now, haven't you? 
Uh, well, yeah, it's a six-month-old gaming system. I don't know. It's it's absolutely insane. It's a Republic of Gamers gaming system. It's a $4,000 computer that I paid almost nothing for, and the thing is absolutely insane. I've got four video cards in it. I can run eight screens. Um, oh. It's just it's got it's got eight SATA controllers on board and an expansion card with another eight. Oh, so you can run sixteen it. hard drives in this thing. Oh, you love it, Will. You absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> right up, right up. It's, well, I, I am, but it's nuts. Like it's uh, at the moment with I've actually got two Minecrafts running in the background because I was playing those earlier. I've got about a dozen browser windows open. I've got Wirecast, Skype. Um, uh, and a whole heap of other miscellaneous stuff, and I'm running at three percent CPU. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm running. So, I'm pushing everything out. It's it's, it's going about ninety five percent. Yeah, that's uh, struggling. But anyway, all right. Last story uh, is look just really quickly. The apps. This is an app that someone I think uh, I might say that also might push this onto the Aussie Max Zone next week because there was a question about this uh, the other week. Uh, how can you? Watch what your kids are doing on the iPhone, you know? Like, how do you do this? Well, there's an app. It's called, uh, what is that called? It's called Teen Safe. Now, it's, uh, look, it's, it's not free. It's 15 bucks a month. But uh, they can, you, can, you can keep a track on what they're looking at, what they're sending on Facebook, what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's available in Australia and New Zealand. And hopefully, well, who cares about the rest of the world, but hopefully the rest of the world. It says it has an 800,000 people sign up. For 15 bucks a month. Wow. So uh, just before the show, I thought I'll give that a shot, but I couldn't find it in the App Store, <laughs> so I don't know what's, where that is. But I found another one that was for free. So type in uh, Teen Space Safe, and you'll find something similar that uh, looks like it does it for free. I'll, I'll report next week. All right, okay. Uh, so no one else? You're all done, Shane? You're all um, finished? Yeah, no, I'm good. Yep, and Will, yes? A couple, couple of quick stories. Um, it's beneficial now. YouTube has switched over to straight HTML5 for its videos. It's no longer using the Flash player, um, which means their videos load faster. They're generally more stable and a lot less memory is being consumed if you've got multiple YouTube tabs open. So you really notice it on Chrome or actually I'm using the 64-bit um, version of Chrome for the most part. It's pretty much what I use, um, which is called Canary. Um, so if you're on a 64-bit OS, make sure you grab Canary because there's a huge night and day difference between... Um, 32-bit and 64-bit. It's also going to work correctly on Firefox, um, but apparently it does work on Internet Explorer 11, but it's not completely seamless. Surprise, surprise. Um, and speaking of Google, just to rub salt into the wounds, um, Google is expanding its fiber network again. It's free black cable, whatever they black fiber, yeah. uh, dark fiber. Um, so they've, they're launching the product in um, Nashville, um, Carolina and um, there's five or six other locations which basically um, gives you speeds of minimum speeds of um, 100 meg up, 100 meg down is the absolute nice. minimum minimum nice. speed that you'll receive. Most, most customers are receiving about 250 meg up and up to as much as a gig down. Yeah, right. um, that's awesome. You have to pay $300 connection fee and if you get the full maximum speed service, the gigabit service, with the free cable TV package in the States, um, it's 130 a month mm. for every every channel of everything or just for the internet, it's 70 bucks a month for the gigabit speed service. The basic slowest, as I said, is 100, 100 and it's um, 15 bucks a month. 
Hmm. Well done. Well so, done. yeah. It's so, so hard to imagine, isn't it? Australia oh, catch yeah. up, will you? Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it would be awesome. All right. Well, I think that's uh, just about all of us done. Uh, so, yeah, once again, thanks, Frank, for coming on and tell us about uh, Scope IT Education. No, um, thanks for having me. No worries at all. It's uh, scopeiteducation.com.au if you want to know more or send Frank an email from the site. And But most of it's all up there and I'm sure Frank's got a couple more little goodies he can tell you. Uh, in person alright uh, so that's that alright thanks Shane thanks for coming in yeah no worries sorry about the um, false start no problems uh, you're <laughs> alright no one will know that's how it works yeah, I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah that's strange <laughs> and uh, Will thanks, thanks for coming in that's uh, that's great you can find us all at uh, aussietechheads.com.au uh, send us an email if you've got something to say or uh, don't if you haven't <laughs> <laughs> send us an email if you don't have something to say. It doesn't really matter. Just send a blank email. Just send a blank email. Yeah. Send us a testing email. Whatever. You know. I'll reply to it. That's all right. All right. So that's great. So uh, until next week, it's uh, goodbye from all of us. Ta-da. Yeah. See ya. Bye guys.